0: Hi, everybody. It's Stefan Molling from Freedom Main Radio. This is Listener Mailbag. Uh, if you have questions, please email us, mailbag at freedomainradio.com. This is going to be Freedom 101. Let's start with the first question. On what basis can criminals be jailed if there is no state? Who will determine if they are guilty and what their punishment will be? Well, before we look at improving a system, let's look at the current system. Because implicit in these kinds of questions are kind of the premises that... At the moment, uh, criminals are jailed and are guilty. Uh, this is absolutely not the case. Um, and we just focus on the American justice system, so to speak. Criminal justice to me is a, <laughs> a repetition of terms. Uh, okay, so uh, of course, how are criminals dealt with in a state of society? Well, in two ways. Number one, they are created, and number two, they are praised and rewarded. So, for instance, um, Uh, How many people, say, uh, who have a particular piece of vegetation in their pockets uh, who end up in jail would we all call master criminals of evil? Uh, Of course, the war on drugs is the war against the nonviolent consumption of stuff that some people don't like. So they're not criminals, but they're turned into criminals and actually usually kept in the criminal system even after they're released from jail because... The war on drugs drives the price so high, keeps them from having free and available and enforceable contracts uh, that they usually end up in a criminal underclass or at least supporting a criminal underclass. It's very instructive, of course, in the 19th century in America, things like uh, uh, cocaine and uh, marijuana and heroin and twerking, all of these things were legal. And uh, there was no organized crime and there was actually cocaine and Coca-Cola. Kids could go to the drugstore and pick up cocaine. Uh, There was no uh, particular problem with drugs. Uh, In England, when heroin was legal, there were only a a couple of thousand heroin addicts uh, very shortly after. And you could get like a shot of heroin for 25 cents in the drugstore. After it became – or 25 pence, I guess, at the time – after it became illegal, uh, the cost rose to, uh, you know, 30 pounds for a hit, and there were tens if not hundreds of thousands throughout England of uh, heroin addicts uh, for a variety of reasons. So so criminals are uh, are invented. Uh, you know, you, you gamble, you're a criminal. You don't pay your taxes, you're a criminal. You maybe visit prostitutes, you're a criminal. So you're just inventing uh, all these criminals all the time, and they're not actually criminals. They're just people who may be doing things that are unsavory to others but they are, of course, branded as as criminals. So, that's sort of the first thing. The second thing, of course, is that criminals are praised and rewarded. Uh, so, um, if you go out and stab a guy, you may end up in prison, although the conviction rate for random crimes is very low, and most of the non-random crimes have status incentives like gaining control of a particular drug territory or whatever. But, um, if you say... Order an invasion that causes the death of a million Iraqis. Uh, you get a pension, a presidential library, a book tour, and a speaking tour. And so, um, criminals are uh, both invented in the government society and rewarded. Now, how do we know if they're guilty or not? Well, nobody has a clue. Nobody has a clue. The government has so many crimes. I mean, there's a book out there that says we commit basically three felonies a day. And um, I just do that with my hamster, but I think for other people it's different. But fundamentally, uh, there's so many people going through the justice system that there's no possibility of a trial to determine guilt and innocence for all. all. If everybody demanded a trial, the system would collapse immediately. I mean, in certain cities in the U.S., you can wait two years for a trial because that's the kind of length. Even more, five years for a murder trial recently in Detroit. People had to wait, at which point half the witnesses are already dead because, well, it's Detroit. So um, there's apparently a lot of – the problem is a lot of lead in the air. Uh, that happens to wander through people's intestines on a regular basis. So what happens in about 95, 96% of U.S. cases uh, is you are threatened with an ungodly amount of jail time unless you confess, in which case your jail time is reduced. And you're also told that if you go to trial, it's going to take you years and stress and uh, lots of money to pay lawyers. And if you are found guilty at a trial, your sentence will be even worse. Now, you can't bribe someone with, uh, 50 bucks to plead guilty to something, but you can bribe them with say 10 or 20 years of their life in order to confess. So we have no idea who's innocent or guilty, even by the state's own definition of what is illegal, which is ridiculously expansive. We have no idea who's guilty or innocent in uh, modern Western court systems because they just threaten you with 20 years unless you plead down to two. And so people plead down to two because that's a manageable and, and, um, uh, and of course, it's <laughs> given it's probably going to take them two years to go to trial anyway. They'll just take the two years in prison and uh, walk out, uh, as opposed to waiting two years to go to trial, uh, maybe not making bail, and then facing 10 to 20. And uh, it's all nonsense. And this is how they supposedly catch all their drug dealers, is they just ca- catch someone who they think may be involved in the drug trade at all, and then they just threaten them with 20 years in prison, unless they give up a whole bunch of other people, and then they do the same to those other people, and they say, look, we caught a drug cartel. Uh, but we have no idea. Uh, whether any of the people are uh, innocent or guilty, uh, certainly if you uh, if there's a really dangerous drug guy around, you're not likely to give up his name because there'll be retaliations against your family. You're much more likely to give up the name of someone you don't even know or someone in the neighbourhood, or just you know because they won't retaliate. So first of all, ninety percent of what who are called criminals in the U.S. system um, are either not criminals or they're criminals as a result of prior government controls, uh, say over the drug trade and so on, and for the vast majority of people who uh, are found guilty, in other words, they plead guilty under threat of uh, uh, kidnapping and incarceration, we have no idea whether they're guilty or innocent. So let's not say, well, how can we do all of this great stuff with a free society, the great stuff that's done by a state society? Um, you know, frankly, sometimes with governments, it feels like a giant asteroid strike would be an improvement on the current system. So if the ship's going down... Uh, And you say, well, you know, uh, it's true that the Titanic is going down uh, and, you know, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio has got his chilly hand on my ankle. But, you know, that lifeboat you've got there looks like it might have a slight crack in one of the sides. so. So until you can give me the perfection of the sinking Titanic in which to escape... The uh, ICC, uh, I'm not going to go into your life. But, well, look, the the, the ship of the state is going down. It's all nonsense. It's not going to work. And it's all criminal and horrendous and evil anyway. So um, how, uh, on what basis can criminals be jailed if there is no state? I don't know. It's the whole point. I don't know how things are going to work when we're free. That's the whole point of freedom. If somebody knew, we could have central planning. But nobody can know how the combined geniuses of billions of people trying to solve social problems will work. I can tell you that prevention is far better than cure. And criminals come out of abused childhoods, uh, not all who are abused as children become criminals, but virtually all criminals were abused as as children, so a society is going to have a huge amount of interest in figuring out child abuse and how to prevent it and how to detect it, and it's very easy to do. You don't have to rely on the reporting of children or the reporting of parents. You can very easily do brain scans to find out, given um, you know inflamed hippocampus, shrunken neofrontal cortex, all of these are indications of raised cortisol levels, elevated stress levels, uh, hormones. It's easy to find children who are abused. It's as easy as an x-ray for a broken bone. And uh, this will be uh, done within a free society. Uh, Kids will be scanned for um, abuse symptoms. And then, you know, parents will go into um, uh, courses to help improve their parenting. And if they don't, then any wrongs that their children do will fall to the parents, right? If their children go steal the car, it's the parents who will face the consequences. If the, children, if the kids bully, it's the parents who will face the consequences. And yet, if they go to these parenting classes, they will be immune from those consequences. That's just an insurance thing. Uh, and again, I don't want to get into all the details. You can look at uh, my book, uh, available for free at freedomainradio.com, called Practical Anarchy for more on this. So I, but I don't know if jail is the appropriate solution. Just because this is what governments have done uh, doesn't mean that It's the appropriate solution. We don't know what the solution is. You know, if I was an abolitionist say we should end slavery in the 17th century or 18th century, i said we should end slavery. And you said, well, how are we going to get blacks to pick cotton without slavery? Well, the whole point is that once you get rid of slavery, the whole paradigm changes. Once labor becomes expensive, then investing in capital equipment like automatic uh, your combine harvesters or whatever picks cotton automatically. That's what gets out. Giant robot machines are going to pick the cotton and they're going to be fueled by the juice of prehistoric tree trunks dug out from a mile under the ground. You'd say, well, that's a ridiculous solution. Uh, but that is, in fact, what happened. We can't predict the solution. But don't assume that what's there is even remotely virtuous or functional. And don't assume that a free society has to replicate what uh, the state does. You know, say, well, let's privatize education. Well, How are we going to get children to spend 12 years of their life sitting in boxes like a bunch of brainless sardines being lectured at by some idiot with a whiteboard? Well, who knows what education is going to look like in a free society? Anyway, so that would be my suggestion. How are roads, airports, water and sewage pipes, meteor deterrent systems and rockets, military and secret police supposed to be funded? (laughs) Really? How are we supposed to fund secret police? This is your big question about a free society? How are we going to fund the catching of slaves after we free slaves and end slavery? Uh, Are are these going to be funded voluntarily? What if there comes a point where people forget how important they are? For example, if there hasn't been a foreign invasion, meteor strike, or terrorist attack in a long time. Well, property damage is expensive. And the way that people deal with unpredictable expenses is through uh, insurance, right? So you don't get insurance, uh, you don't get car insurance for oil changes, that's just something you go and do. But in case there's some sort of catastrophic accident, you get insurance for that. You don't get insurance for a common cold. You may get insurance for some sort of cancer or some sort of, uh, I don't know, cystic fibrosis or something that might strike that's unpleasant and some, somewhat random. And so if you want protection against meteors, and uh, then, then people will come to you and say, listen, for a buck a year, we'll build a protection from meteor system. And they will make that case and they will you know, find it valuable to to do so. And if you won't take out the insurance, then your insurance company will take out the insurance, right? So this all can be funded. You just need to look up actuarial stuff uh, this way. Sewage pipes. I mean, I don't even understand that question. Uh, People don't generally want to take craps in their own house and have it sit there uh, and and stink. Uh, And, um, well, actually, I have to give somebody who won Free Domain Radio uh, last week Uh, I did a video where I said, basically, nobody gets paid for peeing, and somebody suggested that I expand my porn references. I don't know what it means, but it sounds pretty funny. Twink, 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 little golden showers. All right. So, um, the military, uh, if there's threats of invasions, then people will will pay for that. I mean... (laughs) The majority of people want to pay for it in a government system, right? That's what a democracy means. If the majority of people didn't want to pay for the military, there'd be no military because they'd vote to get rid of the military, right? So the majority of people we know already want to pay uh, for the military. Uh, it's just that and it would be far cheaper for each individual. As the price of paying for the military goes down, more people are going to want to participate. And if paying for the military is like 10 or 20 bucks, a year, you know, which in America is going to give you, what, three quarters of a billion to a billion dollars. So you can do a lot of defense. You can't do a lot of 700 bases around the world. You can do a lot of defense for that kind of money. You just can't do a lot of offense, which is you know, kind of the point. Like If you don't want terrorist attacks, don't be doing a whole lot of offense in, in unstable countries. And so, yeah, I mean, this stuff will be, will be funded. Now, don't forget, there's a very powerful thing called social pressure, which is really, really important when it comes to how to organize society. If you genuinely are a pacifist and don't want to fund the military in a free society, <coughs> then don't fund the military in a free society. However, those who do fund the military may have their names listed in a big, easily searchable database, or they may get stickers uh, for uh, their, um, their chest, uh, they may get stickers for their car, or whatever it is, and then anybody without the sticker will be clearly identified as not having contributed to the military. And if you go for a job, they may do a search for that, and they may say, we don't hire people who don't contribute to the military. They may. They may not. It's all a free society. It's all voluntarism. There may be companies who say, we don't hire people who do contribute to the military because we're a bunch of Quakers. So don't forget, if you don't pay for the military, then your neighbors will probably know. If it's important, like if there's enough people who aren't paying for the military that people want to bring social pressure into, uh, into place. And this, will be, uh, this is a very powerful tool that is often un- underappreciated by people who think that we've got to point guns and force everyone to do anything. Uh, conformity, getting along with others, going along with social norms. I mean, that's why Greeks have one dance and Turks have another, uh, which is usually dancing on the heads of Greeks. So anyway, I just wanted to point out that um, there's lots of ways that we can enforce things in society, either through prevention, through insurance, uh, through uh, social conformity, through identifying people who are... Uh, do, going against the general wishes of community again, not for any kind of retaliation or or any kind of uh, aggression, but just pointing it out and you know generally uh, women go out with makeup on there 's no law that says they have to, they just generally do, and generally uh, there 's no law against not wearing your underpants on the subway. Uh, you cannot wear pants on the subway. you can wear uh, a, a tiny uh, European speedo banana hammock on the subway uh, and a mesh t shirt Um, There generally is wear clothes when you go out, and that's what people do. People, you know, quite conformist, no matter how hot it is. And there's no law that says you have to look your best for a job interview, but people generally do. So this kind of conformity is is no particular problem. It will work just fine. Um, If there is no state, how will you purchase land that does not belong to anybody? What if someone manages to take over by a huge amount of land, including many forests and mountains and lakes? Isn't it unfair that he can ask people to leave these places or that he can chop down all the trees if he wants to. This is so funny. I mean, this is so funny, because basically what what people who defend the state... I don't know if you're defending the state or just asking questions, but people who defend the state say, well, the worst possible outcome for a free society is that we have a state. What are you defending? I mean, what are you defending? If the worst possible outcome of a free society is that we end up with a government again then shouldn't we get rid of the government? I mean, my God. I mean, if I, you know, I was just uh, recently battling cancer and my cancer may come back. I have no guarantees. My cancer may come back. Um, but if the worst possible thing for, is for my cancer to come back, then shouldn't I want my cancer gotten rid of now? Right? I mean, that's like me saying, well, cancer is great, but if I get rid of cancer, the worst possible thing for to happen would be for my cancer to return. Well, then cancer can't be great. So what you're saying is, well, what if people end up with a whole bunch of land where they can just enforce arbitrary rules inside it? They're called countries. They're called countries. So what you have right now is what the worst possible outcome you can imagine for a free society. So stop defending it as the worst possible thing. Um, somebody, um, well, you can't, you can't buy land from, like you can't buy unowned land who you're going to give the money to. You would Inclose unowned land, I would assume, right? There's huge amounts of historical precedents for how land uh, ownership accrues in a free society. Um, just You can do research on this if you want. Um, There's tons of stuff on more, Mises.org and so on about how people used to homestead land in a free society. I mean, outside of the government handing them land claims and so on. So that's all been solved uh, by common law many, many years uh, and many, many uh, times in the past. So... You can't purchase land. Uh, one if somebody manages to take over a huge amount of land and uh, chop down all the trees if he wants to? He's not going to want to. Oh, man. Ugh, people are not random billiard balls that just bounce around doing crazy stuff all the time. I mean, come on. That's like saying, well, what if a farmer uh, encloses and fences and prepares and fertilizes and clears all the tree off and plants all this wheat and then just sets fire to it? That's not how people work. I mean, what kind of crazy-ass planet are you living on? If somebody encloses the land, gets rid of all the trees, digging up all the roots, it brings in nice soil and, and, and uh, fertilizes and plows and plants and nurtures, they're not going to set fire to their wheat. They're going to grow the wheat and they're going to make sure that the investment that they put into making the land highly arable is going to accrue over the long term by getting more crops planted. Again, I, I don't know how to make it any clearer than that. Somebody who has a whole big forest is not going to just chop down all the trees. They're going to want to replant the trees so that they can harvest them again in the future. I mean, come on. Ugh, I don't know. I don't know what people, I mean, you, just, you just play SimCity uh, on, on drugs. I don't know how people even come up with these questions. Um, forest management is an ancient practice among human beings. Human beings have always wanted trees. And forest management is an ancient practice. The only reason that people at the moment cut down all the trees is because the government retains ownership of the land. If the government 100% transferred ownership of the land with trees on it to private companies, then those private companies would make sure that they replanted the trees. Why? Because if you only harvest the trees once, then you have all this land. Nobody else wants it. So you can't bid that much for it because you're only going to get one set of um, trees out of it. Uh, So you can bid more for the land if you can get a renewable resource, if you can plant trees and grow trees and plant trees and grow grow trees. So given that you can bid the most for a a resource that you can renew, ownership will accrue to those who can bid the most for it, uh, which means creating or maintaining the resource as renewable. Uh, I mean, how much are you going to pay for a printer which says, uh, after you print one page, uh, I'm going to self-destruct, right? Well, you're not going to pay anything for it because you want a printer that can print multiple pages. Anyway, so, God, <laughs> I do where you people live. Um, what about ocean pollution? No one owns the ocean, so people can't be punished for polluting it. Okay, agreed. No one owns the ocean. I think you've just, you just hit the nail right on the head there. So the ocean should be owned. Again, this was all handled in the past. You know, the card resources in eastern, in eastern Canada, uh, off Newfoundland, were uh, a resource for 400 years. When the first settlers came, they said, there are so many cod in the ocean here, it's like we can walk from the fishing boat on the backs of the card to the land. It's, there, there's that many. And this lasted with no government, almost no government interference. Uh, this lasted for uh, hundreds of years until the government upped the quotas. Uh, in the 90s, up to the quotas so that they could get elected by saying to people, you can fish even more. Everybody there was Nobody owned it, and the government uh, allowed people to fish more and more to get voted back in, and now the card has been completely destroyed. But, um, you know, people, I mean, villagers lived around lakes and fished the lakes, and they never fished them out. They never fished them out. Because anybody who fished too much would be like a jerk that nobody wanted to socialize with, or have their kids marry, or take care of their kids, or have their kids play with their kids, and that brought people back in line very quickly. Anyway, it's all been solved before. All right, Uh, gun rights is a good thing, all right? But philosophically, how can you explain that people do not have the right to own bombs and nuclear weapons? What do we do about clinically insane people? Can they roam around free by guns in a libertarian society? Well, I mean, clinically insane people are all over the place um, in the modern world, and and you're concerned about them maybe getting guns. Uh, I'm concerned about them currently having armies. I mean, you, you get that the people who are in charge of governments are all mentally ill. I mean, they're all narcissistic, megalomaniacal sociopaths. I mean, I hesitate to tell anyone what to do. I mean, there's some things I th- say people shouldn't do, right? Initiate force, uh, fraud, rape, assault, theft. But what people should do? Uh, Anybody with half a brain and, and, you know, a shred of empathy is not going to want to go around telling everybody what to do, and certainly not at gunpoint. Um, Only a sociopath can do things like order an invasion of another country and then go and sleep at night. Um, Only a sociopath can pass laws that throw innocent people in jail and then go to sleep at night. And uh, this goes for the police as well. I mean, imagine in a free society, and people say, well, how are we going to reproduce how wonderful the police is in a free society? Well, just imagine this. You are a, a store owner. Uh, no, that's good. You're a factory owner in a free society, and uh, uh, you, you process gold and you store gold in your factory. Now, of course, you may be concerned about people stealing from you. And uh, I come up to you and say, Listen, uh, I can protect you from thefts. Um, and you're like, Well, that's interesting. You know, how much is it going to cost me? I say, Well, you know, it's going to cost you, uh, you know, 6 or 7% of your entire gross income. Say, wow, that's, that's quite a lot. Um, what kind of service can I, offer, uh, can I expect in return? I say, well, I can't guarantee you at all that any of your stuff will be protected. In fact, if it's stolen, uh, I you know, have no recourse whatsoever. I say, well, what's your incentive? I'm already paying you, but you're not guaranteeing me. You know, my, my cell phone service will guarantee me airtime. and My web hosting company will guarantee me uptime. You're not going to guarantee me any protection for my goods? No, not at all. Oh, uh, uh, one other thing, too. Uh, just before you make the decision to hire me as your security company uh, i must tell you that your gold is 8 times more likely to be stolen by me than it is to be stolen than it is to be stolen by some outsider so what what now yeah my security guards ah, they're kind of light fingered and um i make sure i have tests to make sure that i don't get any really intelligent security guards like i have an IQ cut off if they're above a certain IQ i just won't hire them And statistically, your gold is eight times more likely to be stolen by my guards than it is by some thief from the outside world. You say, wait a minute here. You're asking me to pay 6 to 7% of my income for you to protect my gold. There's no guarantee that you will. I have no legal recourse if you don't. And your guards are eight times more likely to steal my gold than some outside thief. And I have to sign a document that says I will never sue you or pursue legal recourse against you. Would you Would you take that deal? Well, of course not. But that's exactly how the police work. The police have no legal right or duty to protect. Uh, the The money to fund the police is taken from you at gunpoint. You can't protect. You can't say, "Well, I got to pay these people to protect my property," and then give them the right to take my property at force. And the eight times is a, a very generous estimate. You're eight times more likely to be killed by a cop than by a terrorist. And terrorists are much less common than common thieves. That's why they call them common thieves. And so the idea that um, you are going to somehow protect yourself uh, through the state uh, is a complete madness. It only seems normal uh, because of, uh, uh, of propaganda I mean, being raised with the media and movies and television and books and public school and religion and so on. So you just led to believe that this stuff is normal and this is how a free society to reproduce things. So, I'm concerned about the police having guns, I'm concerned about the military having guns, and I'm concerned about mentally ill people uh, having the ability to invade other countries and having nuclear weapons. So, um, uh, people do not have the right to own bombs and nuclear weapons. Who the hell wants a nuclear weapon? I mean, no, nobody's going to want a nuclear weapon. Uh, And nobody's going to do business with anyone who makes nuclear weapons, um, and certainly nobody's going to do business with anyone or fund anyone or give them land or give them investment or give them skill or give them labor or work for them uh, or supply electricity to them or water. Uh, You're going to be completely economically ostracized uh, if you're going to do anything like that, uh, and nobody's going to want to buy nuclear weapons anyway. So, yeah, there will be a few clinically insane people in a free society. Uh, Even if we fix all childhoods, there are going to be a few. I mean, because people, you know, occasionally they put nail guns through their forehead, which affects their personality. They might have a brain tumor or something like that, which affects their personality, makes them violent. It can happen. Um, And, you know, I guess I'll take my chances. Um, It's true that if we cure polio, uh, occasionally people will be killed by asteroids. I think I'll take my chances with the asteroids. Uh, what about copyright? Is that a good idea in libertarianism? And where would the limits go? Should you be able to copyright a simple expression, a simple idea, or a very simple guitar riff? Uh, who will determine these things? The who will determine these things is the argument that these things should be determined or must be determined by some external agency with a monopoly of force. Right? I mean, if I say, well, who's going to get married to who? How will ugly people get married? And your answer is, well, we'll create... An agency with a monopoly of violence that will force women to marry whoever we say. I mean, that would not be a particularly good solution. How will we deal with declining birth rates? Uh, Well, what we'll do is we'll hire people and uh, uh, we will uh, give them the right to rape women uh, when they're fertile, and that's how. I mean, you understand that the the giving, the monopoly of violence is not a solution to any particularly complex social problem. Uh, Around copyright, copyright is the initiation of force um, if I play guitar riff uh, I'm not initiating force against anyone and therefore copyright is a violation of the initiation of force, I release all my books uh, copyright free, people can do whatever they want with them, all my videos are copyright free uh, copyright is the initiation of force and that's really all I have to say about that uh, I would recommend checking out Jeffrey Tucker's book Bourbon for Breakfast, I read it as an audiobook; it's got a great chapter on that with great references let's do the last one In a libertarian society, do people like paparazzis have a right to infringe upon your privacy, taking pictures of you, even if they themselves stand outside your property? Can they publish it? What about lists of bad employees to avoid? Could bosses make such public lists legally? This is called defamation, right? And isn't it a breach of free speech with our current laws? I mean, that's an interesting question. I don't have a particularly good answer uh, to it. Um, Certainly taking a picture of someone is not initiating the use Of force, but if you were to sort of surreptitiously make a a sex tape uh, of someone and then publish it without their permission, that would certainly be a violation uh, of privacy and would affect their reputation and would affect their uh, significantly negatively affect their happiness and increase their stress uh, and so on. I mean, there are ways of harming people that aren't gun-to-the-head stuff. I mean, if you, uh, you know, repetitively harass or stalk people and make them stressed, uh, that is harming them. And cortisol, over the long run, is actually a carcinogen, so it's like a slow poisoning. So um, there are ways that you can harm people through creating uh, stress in their lives, even if you aren't directly stabbing them, right? And, and this is, I mean, if I put a gun to your head, I'm causing you massive amounts of stress, even if it turns out that the gun is a toy gun or is unloaded or whatever it is, right? That's still uh, assault, even if I can't actually do you any harm. And there are slower, more indirect ways of doing that, I think would be, would be harmful. So, uh, so yeah, I think that if, if, um, if people are causing people undue stress and you would measure that medically and so on, then yes, I think that there would be a, a case to be made that that's a violation of the non-aggression principle uh, and so on. Lists of bad employees to avoid could bosses make such public lists legally i 'm um, sorry so so the response to that would be uh, if you know if I make a sex tape of you and 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 publish it then um, uh, you would have the right to uh, take action against me, which would mean lodging a complaint with your insurance company or your what I call the DRO dispute resolution organization they would investigate it and they would find out maybe that I had make it, made a sex tape of you, and then what would happen is at least what I think should happen i don 't know how it 's going to work finally, but what I think would happen is Uh, This person would then have to uh, make restitution or be cut off economically from the society, which means no electricity, uh, no water, uh, no food sales, no water sales. the water. I mean, they would just be ostracized, and then you can't live in society if people aren't going to participate with you. If people aren't going to sell, you can't live in a society if people aren't going to participate with you economically, which is an incredibly powerful thing. Uh, It's an incredibly powerful tool. It it doesn't require the initiation of force because in every contract it will be, we will supply you electricity unless you're found guilty of harming someone else, in which case we will cut off your electricity. Uh, We will cut off your water. We will cut off your... Now, you can then leave. You go live in the woods and whatever it is, in which case problem solved. The person's out of society Ain't going to be taking pictures of anyone anymore. But most people will then make the restitution in order to be able to restore their economic association with society. Bad employees to avoid? Um... Except in England, I think the ultimate defense to what's called defamation or slander is truth, right? So uh, if I say you're a murderer, it's not slanderer if you're a murderer, right, um, and so on, right? So uh, I wouldn't say bad employees is like a c- conclusion, but if, uh, if you publish uh, – uh, if an so, employee of yours steals from you and is found in a truly free society legitimately guilty or you have video footage and so on, then you can certainly publish that that person has stolen from you. Uh, and you can't. it's not defamation because telling the truth about someone cannot be defamatory by definition. Um, so uh, I think that would be how it would work. So thank you so much for these questions. Uh, I think that they are interesting, uh, but I invite you to look at some of the principles that what currently works, what currently is considered to be working really doesn't work at all. And there's many other options available in a free society. We can't imagine the future. We can make some rough guesses, but fundamentally uh, – uh, It doesn't matter how a free society works. It doesn't matter how the cotton get picked in 100 years. Let's just end the damn slavery. Thank you.